Non-snowmobilers think that you can just get on a snowmobile, sit on the seat, and drive it around the mountains. Sledding is probably one of the most athletic sports there is. You're never sitting on the seat unless you're stopped for lunch. You're all over the sled from the left running board, hop over the seat to the right running board. You're all over the sled, and it's a matter of finding the balance point. And if the rider can stay on the balance point, maintain that balance, that's what gives you sled control and dictates where you're going to go and how fast you're going to do it. So you actually have to tip the sled up so it's on one ski, you find your edge, and then you can carve. What I do worldwide is teach people how to ride snowmobiles and be able to navigate safely in the backcountry and return home. This wasn't something I ever planned on. It just kind of happened. I took a random phone call one day. It was from Iceland. And the guy on the other end, his name was Frey. He wanted to know if it was possible that he could pay me to come to Iceland and teach ride skills. Here's a story from Iceland. I had actually finished my work in Iceland, and this was a free day, and my host had decided he wanted to take me to the top of the volcano that erupted and shut down the airspace some 10 years ago across Europe. What you have to understand about Iceland is there are no trees. They're so far north. The problem with having no trees is that everything is white. On this particular day, it was kind of foggy, and you could not see the difference in the snow, the ground, or the sky. It was all the same color. Icelanders navigate solely by GPS, and they all have large GPS screens on their snowmobile, and so I just follow the guy in front of me. As we made our way up on this volcano, all I could really see was his orange helmet. And we're clicking along probably 45 kilometers an hour and a lot faster than I feel comfortable. And spent probably an hour at this pace. Once we got up near where the volcano had erupted, the ground became warm. There was no snow. We dug a hole in the volcanic ash about two feet deep, stuck some hot dogs in a plastic bag, and pulled them out after some time and ate hot hot dogs. It was pretty fascinating. And that's my Iceland story. Can I talk to you about an adventure that happened in Sweden? The first two days... We had a guide, and it was a relatively small area. On the third day, the guide left us on our own. At the point of no return, I came to realize the track I was following was a snowboard, not a snowmobile. So I thought, well, we'll figure this out. We're not that far away. And we came to a frozen waterfall, and there was no way around it, but straight off. And it wasn't much of a drop, maybe five feet. And we got everybody off safely, and we came to another waterfall, and this time it was a little bigger. After a fashion, we navigated that, and we came to another waterfall, and this time 
It was a little higher, and when I went over the edge, my snowmobile lawn darted into the waterfall. It went through the snow and into the water. It took us time to dig it out, and we kind of filled the hole up with snow, and we got everybody off of there safely. And we came to another waterfall, and this time we had to use ropes to let the sleds down. And it was getting dark, and I'm a bit worried about my clients and concerned they were going to be scolding me. But that was the best snowmobile adventure they'd ever been on in their life. They learned a lot, and they want to do it again. Before I started teaching, as I do, I had about a 15-year race career, and one time I had an opportunity to race the Iron Dog Race in Alaska. Officially, it was minus 55, but the locals were saying it was minus 60. The sleds surprisingly started, but the tracks were frozen in an oval shape, and they didn't want to turn. And so we messed around pulling the sleds back and forth, trying to get the tracks loosened up and and managed to do that. Then my partner took off, and as he took off, I realized my goggles had fallen on the ground, and I had to gather them up. In that minute or so, I had lost Derek, and the course went out on the river ice and went down the river. When I realized that I had missed the turn, my sled started to slide sideways. Because of the cold temperatures, my steering was very slow because the grease in the joints was frozen. And so I went over the snowbank, the sled rolled over on top of me, I was pinned under the sled. After a fashion, I was able to wiggle out from under the machine. At that moment, Derek came back. Off we went racing. So seven days, 2,000 miles. A lot of things can happen. I was raised in a small community called Mink Creek outside of Preston, Idaho. And my dad came home with a brand new snowmobile when I was 10 years old. This would have been in 1968. And it was more fun than snowshoes. And I just fell in love with the sport. I've never looked back. This is Kirsten Swanson. And this is Mary Hears for Crossing Borders on Utah Public Radio. The UPR original series, Crossing Borders, is a year-long storytelling project between UPR and the USU Office of Global Engagement, providing services for international students and scholars, and facilitating study abroad opportunities for students and faculty. Details at globalengagement.usu.edu. And to explore more of the Crossing Borders series, head over to upr.org.